Section 17 of Talks About Flowers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brandon Weston. Talks About Flowers by Mary Decker Welcome. A Talk About Coleuses by One of Themselves. Only a few years ago, not one of the Coleus family had a place in the gardens of Europe and America, and I've been told that in our absence gardeners depended chiefly upon plants with showy flowers for ornamenting their gardens and grounds. When some of my remote relatives were introduced, numerous were the surmisings as to what place they should occupy amongst cultivated plants. This was especially so in the case of Perilla nancanensis, a plant of most somber hue, but so striking withal as to attract general attention. Some looked upon it as a forerunner of a class of plants destined to play an important part in the future, whilst others regarded it as a vile weed. Nevertheless, considerable attention was bestowed upon its cultivation for a time, but ultimately became so neglected as to be met with chiefly as a garden weed. This may have been owing in some measure to the introduction of Coleus blumii, which species was regarded with great favor, and at once took a place which it held fairly well for a time, or until he whose name I bear obtained from it varieties so novel and brilliant in color as to entitle them to rank high amongst the time-honored favorites of the garden. From the most reliable information, I infer that this species at least is one of my immediate ancestors, and whether I owe as much of kinship to any other has not been made known. But this I do know, from the day I was first introduced to the public, in my chocolate and violet-colored suit, until the present time, I have been praised as few plants have been. But being neither envious nor vain, I have desired the company of those whose colors are brighter than my own, as variety and harmony gives greater satisfaction than any one can singly bestow. Some of the older varieties are well fitted to produce this effect, and none more so, perhaps, than my old friends Aurea marginata and Golden Circle. But the majority of their class either lack expression, or are so delicately constituted as to become perfect frights when planted out of doors. During my time, many varieties with excellent characters when in my company have performed their parts but poorly, whilst others have had enough to do to keep up a doubtful reputation. It was with pleasure, therefore, I hailed the arrival of a fresh set from England a short time ago, headed by George Bunyard, who, with his companions, were so highly spoken of that I hoped one or more of them could prove of service to me. But this hope has not been realized, and today, for all of them, I am as destitute of support as I was before their arrival. Poor George! After being much in his company for a season, it is only fair to say he performed his part so poorly that I hope, for the credit of both, we shall never meet again under similar circumstances. What the incoming season may bring forth yet remains to be seen, but at present the prospects are good for a grand display, as a new order of aspirants are being marshaled for duty, whose merits, some say, are such as to eclipse the old members of our family, and even take from me the honors I have enjoyed so long. Should their claim be well founded, I shall surrender my right to the first place without regret, 
and even be glad to take any subordinate place I may be deemed competent to fill. But should they fail to meet the expectations thus produced, it will be my duty to remain at my post until such time as new varieties are found, regarding whose merits there can be no doubt. Be it understood that what has been said about my associates has reference only to them as betters, for it is well known many varieties when grown under glass and partially shaded from the glare of sunshine possess greater brilliancy and beauty than I lay claim to. For this reason, I think those so constituted as to require the protection of a greenhouse should be sparingly, if at all, planted out of doors, and the outside department exclusively occupied by such as attain their greatest perfection in free air and full tide of sunlight. Before closing this monologue, I am forced to say a word in behalf of a plant seemingly possessed of extraordinary capacity for the work in which I excel. I refer to a califa macafiana, the leaves of which are large and finely formed, color reddish-brown, and irregularly blotched with bright shades of crimson. When fully exposed to sunlight, it looks as if on fire through all its length, and being much more stately than myself, might form the central figure in a group of coleus or other plants with the greatest acceptance, Verschaffeltii in Gardener's Monthly. We do not know who is the author of this very interesting autobiography of an old and popular coleus. The florist for whom it is named, M. Nuitens Verschaffelt, was the adopted son of the late Jean Verschaffelt, of whose nursery near Ghent he was the manager, and to which he succeeded on the death of the proprietor. M. Nuitens was a very distinguished and highly esteemed horticulturalist, he was an active member of the Royal Agricultural and Botanical Society of Ghent and Chevalier of the Order of Philip the Magnanimous. He died June 1880 in the 44th year of his age. There have been remarkable progress in the development of coleus since the introduction of Blumei, but the past two years have been more distinguished than any previous ones by the originating of many new and beautiful hybrids. Preeminent among these are... Dreer's set of tricolored coleus, 15 varieties, Queensland set, 15 varieties, and Queensland set of dwarfs, 10 varieties. Mr. Henry A. Dreer says of them, These varieties, which it is a pleasure to offer, have originated in our nursery grounds during the past summer, were selected from perhaps 6,000 seedlings, excelling in point of color, variety, habit, and novelty, and we feel safe in predicting for them a future that leaves nothing wanting in this class of plants. Mr. Dreer is sustained in his statement by the verdict of many of the leading florists who visited them, and the committees of the Cincinnati, Philadelphia, and New York Horticultural Societies, the summer and autumn before they were offered to the public. In the February number of the Gardener's Monthly, a lady asks some of the correspondents who have tried the new coleuses to report thereon, whether as brilliant as their illustrated types, and if they retain their colors in bedding out. We will give the replies from the March number. J.R.H., Richmond, Virginia, says, In response to the query of Miss R.B. Edson about Dreer's new hybrid coleus, I take pleasure in giving my experience with regard to their hardiness in the summer sun. As the summers in our city are extremely dry and hot, I think it a very fair trial of them. 
When I received my box of coleus from Mr. Dreer and opened it, the first thought was that I was swindled nicely, while I at once perceived that they were of an entirely new type of coleus, but considered their colors very ugly indeed, and quite different from the colored sheet in his catalogue. However, I determined to give them a trial before expressing my opinion. I put them in the hottest place I could find, determined to get out of them all the come-out, should there be any, and to my utter surprise their colors changed so rapidly and beautifully that after a lapse of two weeks I could scarcely believe they were the same plants. I so much liked them I determined they should have a prominent place in my garden, and accordingly planted them in my border where they did not miss the sun at all while it shone. They grew off at once with the old colors, as when received, which discouraged me, when to my surprise, about the middle of June, they began to show their bright colors again, and in three weeks they were the brightest and prettiest coleuses I have ever seen, and remained so with the continual growth until they were killed by the frost. I must confess I never saw plants resemble as much the colored plates of their likeness as did my coleus, just like the plate, with the exception of the fine gloss, which of course I did not expect. It seemed that the hotter the atmosphere was, the brighter they looked, and have stood the sun about 20% better than the older varieties. They have given me more pleasure than any new set of plants I have ever received. I consider them the greatest acquisition I have known in the soft-wooded class of plants. While there is quite a similarity in the tricolored set, it is not at all an objection. The only objections to any of them are that Amabilis and Mrs. E. B. Cooper, while very rank growers, are exceedingly ugly, and Superbissima entirely worthless. It will not grow. I don't care what I do with it. Some seedlings that I have raised from them are very richly colored, and I think them much prettier than their parents, though I have not had a chance to test their qualities in the summer. We regret that the writer did not give the names of those coleus he so much admired, as well as those which are exceedingly ugly and entirely worthless. We can report the same lack of success with Superbissima. It would not grow one bit, but remained stationary several months and then died. Mr. E. L. Cothens reports from a large collection, For bedding, these are the chosen ones. Graciliana, Miss R. Kirkpatrick, Superbissima, and above all, Speciosa. But for inside culture, many of the new ones are unsurpassed for beauty in any class of decorative plants. Here again, Speciosa and Miss R. Kirkpatrick of Dreer's set lay claims to attention, and his Amabilis is attractive for its free-blooming properties. Fairy is also conspicuous, and Beacon takes the place of Superbissima indoors, but Zephyr, in my opinion, crowns them all as a foliage plant for indoor culture, a single head often measuring ten inches across, with a rich, bronzy-brown color. The above are all valuable acquisitions and should be in every collection. Mrs. M. D. Welcome thus writes, Mrs. R. B. Edson, in her charming Garden Notes and Gossip, asks that some of the correspondents who have tried the new coleus, Dreer's and Henderson's new sets, report thereon. I have not tried Henderson's, and only six of Dreer's, so I am not prepared to report very fully, but I wish to make special mention of Miss Rita Kirkpatrick, who looks like the picture, only handsomer. It is the one represented by a large leaf, creamy white center, broad, green-lobed margin. 
It was a wee plant when it came to me in early spring, but it very rapidly outgrew the other five, branching out finely, so that I began in June to take slips from it, and have continued to do this each month to the present time. I should think I had rooted full thirty cuttings, and the original plant, which has been beheaded on three of its branches, has now twenty-eight that would, I think, all make very nice plants, if treated as were the others. I rooted them all in sand, kept constantly wet, and exposed nearly all day to the rays of the sun. I never saw anything so quickly take root and so rapidly grow as did those cuttings. At one time I kept half a dozen about two months in the pure sand till they were fine large plants with a great mass of roots. They can be removed from the sand to pots of earth without retarding their growth. I always allow the particles which adhere to remain in transplanting. This coleus is a special favorite with me. Fairy, foliage yellow and green, blotched with crimson scarlet, and charm, yellow tinged with bronzy scarlet, stained with dark brown. Green, deeply serrated margin, were very beautiful in the open ground, and from these I rooted also in sand several very fine cuttings. But the original plants did not grow rapidly. I think the coleus adds much to the attraction of the border but it is for the winter window garden they are specially valuable. These new hybrids have stood the test of a year's trial, and three varieties exhibited at the June meeting of the Royal Horticultural Society London carried off the highest prize for this class of plants and received very flattering newspaper notices. In Mr. Dreer's catalogue for 1881, he has selected 24 which he calls the cream of those new hybrids. Superbissima is included, while Zephyr is omitted. Kirkpatrick is among them, we are happy to say. So superb are some of the recent coleuses. Verschefeltii, we fear, will have to retire still further into private life. Being quite advanced in years, we presume he will not regret this. We are sure that he will always be treated with that respect which is due to honorable old age. End of section 17